Well, today I want to bring you uh, a message, and I'll keep it relatively brief uh, today. Uh, the title of the message is Each One Reach One. You will find the, n- the notes online, and you'll also find them on the Bayside Church app. If you haven't downloaded the Bayside Church app yet, why? Just go to the app store, and it's Bayside Church AU, correct? Oh, Bayside Church Melbourne, all right, because otherwise you'll download Bayside Church in America, which, which I believe is a very good church. Um, but it's a long way to go. Uh, so, Bayside Church Melbourne. So, download the app and you'll find everything that you need on there. Last week, Mark Appleyard brought a message that uh, was a really stirring message. It was a message of challenge uh, to uh, stir us out of our comfort zone, to encourage us to come into a new kind of normal. Sometimes when you hear a message like that, you sense a bit of a reaction on the inside, a kind of, ooh, I don't really like being stirred. So we need a message like that from time to time. And he, and he based the message on John Wesley. And so he talked about some of the amazing things that John Wesley did and achieved uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, when he was talking about John Wesley's routine, I don't know about you, but I sensed a level of exhaustion just (laughs) listening to what that guy did. I mean, he got up at four o'clock every morning and he prayed for about two or three hours on his own. Then he got together with other people and prayed. And then he did some discipleship. And then he studied the Bible for a few hours. And then he spent another hour in prayer on his own. And then another hour with other people. And then he did more discipleship. And he finished about 10 o'clock at night. And then he did the whole thing the next day. And if you're anything like me, you're sitting there and you're listening to, go, to this. And you're going, okay, that's amazing. And God used him in an amazing way. But how on earth could I do that and still function? I'm going to tell you, if I got up at four o'clock every morning to pray, you'd have a really cranky pastor on your hands. And I love to pray, and I love to spend time in the Word of God, and this is not an excuse to live a, a slack or slovenly spiritual life, but you know, it's very easy to focus on the high points of people's lives and, and, and miss some of the other things as well. And so I'm going to make a couple of statements here um, about John Wesley, and these are not meant to disparage the man in any way or to bring him down, but to purely realize that John Wesley was a normal human being, just the same as you and me. And so, yes, he did that routine, but when he got married in 1751, it was only a few years before his wife realized that she was totally exhausted by trying to keep up with John's routine and look after children. And so she said some pretty unkind things about him, and he wrote some pretty nasty things about her as well. It's all online. You can Google it. On one particular occasion, a friend of theirs called in unexpectedly, walked into the house and found Mrs. Wesley dragging John Wesley across the floor by his hair. I can honestly say that's something that Christy has never done to me. And so it wasn't long before they separated. They never got divorced, but they were married and together for about six years and then separated. Several years later, they tried again uh, to succeed in marriage and failed yet again. And so I say all that just to remind us that he was a very flawed human being, just like the rest of us, and yet God used him mightily despite the flaws. And one of the things I love about the Bible is God does not sugarcoat human weakness and failure. I mean, you just got to do a snapshot, Old Testament, New Testament, 
to realize that great men and great women of God were also highly flawed, right? And that's another sermon in and of itself. And so John Wesley was an amazing man who was used in incredible ways by God. There is much we can learn from his example and be inspired by him. But John Wesley is already taken. And so is Abraham and Noah and Mother Teresa and Billy Graham. They're already taken. So be yourself because everybody else is already taken. God is calling you to be you for him using your gifts, operating through your unique personality to reach others with his love and grace as we share the gospel. One of our key initiatives this year, and I know that Steve has ministered on this, as did Peter McHugh, um, and I believe Andrew Forbes as well, and so I think God's speaking to us at the moment about reaching out to people with the good news. One of our key initiatives is that this year in 2017, each one reach one that each of us would take that on board and reach out to other people with the good news of Jesus. The initiative is based on the Great Commission. Have a look at Matthew chapter 28 together, verses 18 to 20, some of the last words of Jesus to his disciples. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. I love the commandment that it's encapsulated by two great promises. First of all, Jesus said, all power and authority has been given to me. Therefore, you go. Why? Because I've got all authority. And right at the end, he says, I'm going to be with you. So as you go and make disciples, you're not doing it on your own. We're doing it together as a community, and we're doing it with the Spirit of God. And so the church's mission, and thus every Christian's mission, is very simply make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. Now, often we talk about disciples and discipleship, but we don't define it. So let me define it for you right now. The word disciple comes from the Greek word mathetes, M-A-T-H. E-T-E-S, mathetes, is the word that we get our English word mathematics from, or maths. And it refers to the mental effort needed to think something through. Now, I'm a maths dunce. I'm hopeless at maths. I'm very good at other subjects, but maths was not one of my high points. Praise God for calculators on iPhones. That's all I can say. And I passed that on to two of my three children. And they really appreciate it. I'm in awe and wonder at people that can do incredible stuff with math- mathematics. Uh, one of my favorite movies of recent times is Hidden Figures. I watched it a couple of times because I was so wowed by it. Not, not just the overcoming of uh, intense racial prejudice um, of those, by those women, uh, but, but the maths geniuses, or is it genii, that they were. And, and my favorite scene is when that lady got up uh, on, on the ladder and she had the chalkboard and she gets the chalk and she starts writing all of these things. There's symbols and there's numbers and there's uh, letters and all of this kind of stuff. And she's just going for it, you know. Writing, writing, writing. And then she gets down off the ladder and there's Kevin Costner and and the rest of the team and they're looking at all of this and then they look at one another and they go, she's right. (laughs) 
And I'm just looking at it thinking, I think she's writing in tongues. And we need to pray for the interpretation. I'm glad that there were people there who had the mental effort needed to think that through because someone's life depended on them getting that equation and those formulas right. And so I'm awed and, and, and in wonder by that sort of thing. And then we need to apply that to our discipleship because being a disciple of Jesus is not about making